Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to non-fiction. I'm your comic book culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro. James Skeller Houtsma. And the insurance scholar. Connor Cahill. <laughs> That's not that flattering, <laughs> I guess. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies, or TV shows. Every fan sees the movies differently, so we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or horrifying nightmare realms, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. Just tell me what happened next. Look. I don't know. It's fuzzy. You went off your medication. Wake up. Why? Uh, we're just looking for the truth. Which you promised to tell. I told you they took her. Sydney Barrett, the girl who disappeared. She didn't disappear. She took my place, and I took hers. Wait, what? It was her power, I, I, I think. Can you explain that? So was he crazy, or...? Continue. He believes he's mentally ill. But he may be the most powerful mutant we've ever encountered. Can we take a break? Please? Of course. Let's take a break. Uh, stop. We can skip that part. Unless you think it's relevant to... No. I mean, we don't have to. Okay. Let's talk about it. Legion, season one. And yes, there will be spoilers. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> I just realized that all the fantastic witty banter we had at the beginning of this wasn't recorded. And I'm so no. mad. Um, <laughs> but then I realized it might actually be more hilarious, just one-sided. Because I was recorded. But none of you were. <laughs> So, Perfect. So this might work out. <laughs> it's, it's one of your those fill in the blank adventures. <laughs> All right, let's let's move to okay, Legion, Legion, Legion. Uh, season one. Um, uh, 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 popcorn Connor. Popcorn Connor. I thought this was a fantastic show. Um, we had talked about last week. I forget the subject. I want to say it was Flash season two, uh, where a season is twenty two episodes and they have to drag over a 22 episode arc and it just seems to just drag on and on and on fx was on point only doing eight episodes yes it was an hour long about each and they could have cut maybe five minutes out of that episode but fought on pretty much the entire time having an unreliable narrator uh you don't know what's going on which is confusing at some points but it was a very refreshing tv show to watch where your hand is not held through a series of events. And I thought it was fantastic. So, uh, cinematography and directing was amazing. Each episode seemed very unique uh, in the style that it was uh, portrayed as. Aubrey Plaza was phenomenal. <laughs> Sexy, intimidating, and scary, exactly what you needed to be. Phenomenal. It felt more like a psychological thriller TV show 
with a hint of a superhero theme rather than an X-Men offshoot. So giving this a 9.5 out of 10. Ooh. What what what, it, what would it have taken to get that 0.5? Uh, as I said, uh, even though it was eight episodes, they were an hour long each. So I think it was like 90-minute viewing time if you're watching it live. And it, it did seem that there it kind of dragged on a little bit and it was a little bit confusing at times because they didn't hold your hand through every there, there wasn't a lot of explanation going on of what was happening so there were a couple times where just like i don't know what's happening not a lot of <laughs> things were explained like that bad guy that ended up just getting his mind like his body folded in half and his mind melting no idea who that guy was the eye he seemed bad but he was good I, apparently i don't know i don't know the back history so oh, okay sure. yeah yeah sure the guy with, with uh with the pale eye the, yeah the, the blind eye. the eye i don't think know, that's yeah I, that's i don't know what he was he just seemed like a, a henchman that ended up dying whatever mm-hmm. but okay very very good i recommend the show <laughs> popcorn skyler um legion is probably the best non-superhero superhero show out there right now um certainly the best to have uh premiered in 2017 just had to take another pot shot at uh, Iron Fist there because yeah, uh, <laughs> no, but it's it's like the next step in how uh, superhero properties are coming to television. I mean, there's it's mixed in with the those prestige shows like Fargo or you know take your pick. I just said Fargo because it's done by the same guy. I was gonna say um, <laughs> that's kind of yeah. a that was kind of the opposite of a pot shot. <laughs> a long right no. <laughs> I know, right? Boop. No. Um, there's some great performances in here. Uh, it's It doesn't hold your hand, like uh, Connor had said there. And it's just one of these shows that is maddeningly interesting in that the questions um, that get raised bring you through the show, but it also has these great moments that pop up in a, almost every episode. It's really artful in how it does almost everything it does drag a bit i and as being one of those prestige shows there were a few moments where i was like okay just dial it back here <laughs> just just a little bit uh, nina simone is rolling over in her grave right now from this music uh segment so just style back but um uh I'm really interested to see where this show goes. It had me for the whole thing. And uh, yeah, it's one of those just great entries uh, in superhero TV. Popcorn Michael. Oh my God, Legion was so good, motherfuckers. Yo, if you ain't watching this shit, if you ain't watching this Legion S1 shit, you ain't living. You ain't fucking living. All right. Um, uh, This, this, is spectacular uh there's there's certain points where um it felt like the show lost and that every time i got a question answered i had like 18 more questions about that answer um (laughs) and 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 to a point that sort of frustrates me because i think then you the writers will eventually write themselves into a corner because it's really intriguing now and amazing but like i don't i don't know (laughs) I'm, i'm getting really like um set up for failure with this because it's, it's, it's like lost yeah it, they, they keep asking all these questions and eventually they just end up in limbo after they all die and you're like well that sucks well it's like it's like <laughs> i've been hurt before tv all right are you gonna be different 
I don't. I can't tell. You seem all the same. You just you just <laughs> came out with some came out with something new and unexpected and something I haven't felt in years. And now and now here we are starting this relationship. Okay, and I want to see it through, but you're you're showing signs of why I hated my last relationship. <laughs> so I don't know. Is this a good analogy of Legion? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I want to. I want to attribute all um of my opinions from now on based on a uh, date or a girlfriend uh, from at this point. <laughs> Except that like it's a really unrelatable topic because you have no way to relate to a person's name I mentioned, and like I would just start <laughs> describing characteristics that would line up with the TV show, and you go, "Huh, I guess I see it." See, this is what I'm okay. saying. I'm, I'm over talking my bits. Let's get to Legion. Um, and uh, the fact that. I am stunned every time I see Bill Irwin's face on Fuck yeah, Bill Irwin. Le- Legion. And I go, oh my God, does this guy have an Emmy? Who the fuck is this guy? He's amazing. Um, I, the actor that sold it all the way for me. Yes. Um, and I really wish he actually got more screen time. Like there's a scene where, you know, Melanie Bird has said this a million times before and it's just like, do you like, do you, is it upset that she's not with you right now? And he's like, yeah, is that weird? No. Okay. And it's like, what? That's so human. <laughs> uh, that's just, I don't know. And then that the whole part where they come carrying her back. And, and how old is Other Carrie supposed to be? They had mentioned that she doesn't age unless she's outside the body. Yeah. So, what? so I'm going to say half the time she's inside. So maybe late 20s, maybe early 30s. I don't know how old. So I think they were playing her up to be like an 18-year-old. Maybe. Really? I think that's how they were yeah, playing she, it. Very like rebellious, trying to like get out there, like trying to kind of prove her worth. Just yeah, kind of makes sense. Too brash, immature, all that jazz. Because um, yeah. she gets into a fight a lot. Um, <laughs> I would very much like... Um, I've already got the forgotten the female lead character's name. Sydney. I would very Sydney. much like an explanation of Sydney's powers. That shit don't don't make sense to me, and I need yeah. more. Yeah. This is me. Criti- you guys have already said all the positive things, and I 100% agree with them. So let me just say that. Can't wait for season two. I was at the edge of my seat every fucking show. All even even during the slow parts, I was psh, I was right there with it. I wanted to know the next fucking thing to happen. Blew my mind. Um, especially like episode four when they, when the, 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 the really angry boy scene and like, and you're like, why can't we see his dad's face? This is his memory. Why can't we see his face? And that's just, it's such a small thing, but at the same point, like that's really fucking upsetting me right now. The fact that you're so upset by it, me as the viewer is very upset by this. (laughs) This is like the closest we've come to a, um, a superhero horror show. Just thanks to that. Yeah. Segment. Holy, totally agree. Um, but the source of tra- like trauma that it shouldn't mean anything to an outside viewer watching, but at the same time, just like this is fucking creepy. As hell. <laughs> and you just, you just sold on it. Yeah, uh, it's like re- remember that uh, show uh, or the movie Frank with Michael Fassbender. This is the evil Frank. Oh, <laughs> oh it's evil Frank. <laughs> this is this is Pepsi Cola, uh, Frank. <laughs> Pepsi Cola, drink, dance on that, dance on that. That's right. I love that song. Um, <laughs> that's his best song he's ever written. Uh, and, that's right. And uh, the so so like so for me to pull up criticisms of like it's mostly the fact that 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 we had so much 
show, but we didn't really learn about any character other than David. Um, we have no idea the history of any other character at all. Even his sister, which I'm like, I'm still super confused by. Um, yeah. she's probably the most wasted character in the show. Yeah, honestly. And and there's a, there's that moment where um she's in the same weird. <laughs> Uh, in, in, in artistically styled prison as uh, the 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 therapist that he had, and then he finds yeah. and he finds that the the other team finds the therapist after David has freed his sister, um, yeah. and like the therapist is like, okay, you're gonna let me out, right? And Sydney just backs away slowly and doesn't let him go, and I'm thinking like, I, is he in on it? Like, why would you do that? What's the I harm? I think there was the implication that he was the eye in disguise because we've um, oh, covered it. Oh, that's point. right. And yeah. Yep. Um, Going back to the sister, like now that I'm trying to think about her role, I think the only reason why she was in the entire show is just to be like, yeah, we never had a dog. <laughs> because the entire time that was you're like, yeah, we had a dog, we had a dog, we had a dog. And then it's like, yeah, we never had a dog. And they're like, oh, shit, that dog was fake. No, and dude, then, like, she's the, the MacGuffin. Episode, which, have, having that plot point so close to the most recent uh, season of Sherlock, um, if you haven't seen yeah. that, it, it's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> yeah, and uh, but but yeah, she was the MacGuffin because she got kidnapped, and of course David had to go save her. Um, and um, it just drove the plot forward. And yep. but uh, the the I really I really wanted to know what the fuck was up with the eye too. Um, What's his deal? Because Rachel turned into him, and what he has powers of super awesome wrench throwing, um, because she got his abilities, or she's really good at wrench throwing. Uh, and she really threw disguise that his personality or like his identity to look like somebody else. Oh, I get he yeah. did that with the the previous. I, I just didn't know. And then like before anything was answered, he's just like, okay, well he's evil, and then hey, he's dead. Well, yeah, okay, he didn't say anything, right? And then he gets uh, interviewed by um, Aubrey Plaza. And he's like, well, this world is all full of bullshit and hate. Because he apparently got bullied when he was a kid because he didn't have pube hair. I don't know. Um, and 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 then he had a weird fro. Yeah. So, on his head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then eventually he tries to rape other Carrie. And you go, why, why? Why are you doing this? Like, what is your motivation as a... What are you? What are you? What are you doing? I thought when they said the eye, it meant that like he could see shit and project it. Like you know how the the section what are they? Section three, division three, um, division three has those weird cameras that are like look like they're spread on vellum. Um, you know what I'm talking about? And they've got like streaks running through them. Mm-hmm. I always thought I thought the eye's power was like being a camera. He was like their human camera system. And like he could just. But why isn't that just a cyborg? That's not really. I, I guess like maybe. I guess I don't, I don't know. And like that's his mutant ability is to just like have eighteen eyes and something and like be able to project them onto screens. I would be <laughs> dope. And I thought that's a super cool power. And then it's like no, he just shapeshifts. Oh, well, everybody can do that. <laughs> um, as much as these two characters left, uh, you know, a little to be desired. I think the segment that just emotionally floored me in this series was um it's the very beginning of the last episode where we kept we have learned that you know the uh, division three guy that hey he was in the pilot and you know you just assume he got you know torched in the 
the raid and stuff. It's like, nope, there is a long and yeah. grueling scene in which he is recovering and all the emotional implications of that. And oh, it was it was like this just giant gut punch to watch that. And your Tom and your and your token comic book show gay character. Oh yes, <laughs> in an X Men show, no. Well, in every single fucking superhero show now, and I'm saying this angrily, like I'm actually upset by it, but I'm not. Um, but it, if to I'm upset to the fact that it if it appears to be tokenism. It doesn't seem genuine. Yeah. Instead of just being like, "Hey, you know, I'm here for you," it's like, "I am your husband. I am here for you." Yeah. Like, like okay, I will, I will stick it. this you're dick gay. up your butt once you're healed. <laughs> I will fuck you so in case hard. You didn't get that. In case you didn't get that, yeah, because like audience, Arrow, like Arrow introduced the Mister Miracle character, and then Flash has their captain, uh, Captain Sing or whatever. Sing, and then I don't know, Supergirl probably has one. I just don't win. Probably, he's closeted. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like everybody's got one. Uh, and then uh, DC Legends of Tomorrow has Sarah. Uh, Sarah. See, <laughs> and so Arrow had Sarah for a bit, and they have Nissa. Um, who is, and I guess Sarah's bisexual, but whatever. Um, that's a, again, I'm digressing. I'm so tired. Let's move to comic books. At the, at, at the end of the day, I just want to say again, like, I think this is just a great show because it acts as a, just a mind fuck of a TV show up until like episode, I think six or seven, where it's like, oh, by the way, he's Charles Xavier's son. And it doesn't even say that. It's just like he has a mutant dad. And mm. it's like, you see the wheelchair. Chair. Hey, it, it bald works, guy. <laughs> it, it works as just like a standalone, just like psychological thriller TV show. And at the end, they're like, oh, by the way, like X-Men. Yeah. So if somebody like walking in blind, is just like, oh, okay, cool TV show. And they're like, oh, I guess this is connected. <laughs> so, um, But I, I just love those scenes where David's kind of like talking to himself. Like, I'm your rational part of your mind. I made you because you're freaking the fuck out. No, like you made me because you're freaking the fuck out. And it's just like, yeah, that's right. I guess that would have happened. Like everybody's got, <laughs> even your mind has self-defense mechanisms. Um, or at least We're I hope it does. Later. Yeah, let's go to <laughs> comic books. Uh, starting with Shadow King. There's only two characters that are comic book originals, which is very odd considering the amount of characters in this show. Um, only only two. So let's start with Shadow King. Uncanny X-Men, number 117, 1979. Crispy Claremont and John Byrne. I like to call him Crispy. His name's Chris, but he'll 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 always be crispy to me. Um, crispy, crispy. He's a he's a he's a KFC crispy. Um, <laughs> Shadow King's description from the official Marvel handbook, ladies and gentlemen. This shit's dope. It is a multiversal manifestation of the dark side of the human consciousness, spawned by the first nightmare. When Amal Farouk's powers developed, he physically controlled those around him, feeding on the shadows in their souls and merging with the Shadow King who had transformed who had transferred from house to house since the dawn of humanity. This is dramatic. I know, right? This is some deep shit. So the so the Shadow King primarily uses Amal Farouk as his main host. Um, in, in most of his manifestations, uh, his his first reported activity um, was an attempted ritual to trigger a coup of the English monarchy in the 1930s. Put in someone more Hitler sympathetic. Uh, this was halted by a time displaced Rachel Summers and Shadowcat. 
Um, during Xavier's early days in Egypt, this being the old continuity of like the late 1950s when, uh, no, uh, sorry, this is like old continuity. So like we're saying Xavier's early days were in the 1950s. Um, whereas now his early days might be like 1989, uh, just because they don't age characters. Uh, he encounters Farouk after chasing um, after a young pickpocket who would later become Storm. Farouk runs a vast criminal empire and attempts to persuade Xavier to join him, surmising that their combined telepathy would make them unstoppable. A face Xavier's like fuck that shit, um, and uh, shows no chill, and, uh, and they so they duke it out in the astral plane where. Charles wipes the fucking floor with him and then instills this lifelong fear of hatred of the of of him by the Shadow King. This incident uh, is noted as Charles uh, Professor X's inspiration to found the X-Men because this is the first time he ran into an evil mutant. As an astral being though, the Shadow King is extremely powerful on the astral plane, being able to manipulate it to his liking and possess less powerful telepaths who stray near his wake. He shows up as a frequent X-Men villain possessing different members that usually involve a plot where he feeds on the world's psionic energy or something. And then he typically gets beat somehow. Um, he possessed Legion one uh, for a little bit, but most of the time he just sort of attacks the X-Men as a whole. And then <laughs> someone says Professor X, and he's like, ah, oh, that fucker. So let's, let's, let's talk about the main character, Legion. Because we got a nice version of the Shadow King that I don't think we want changed at all. It's very, it's very poetic and perfect. So Legion is New Mutants number 25, 1985, Crispy Claremont, Bill Sakinowitz, uh, David Holler is the son of Charles Xavier and Gabrielle Holler, who met and romanced back in Charles's I Still Have Legs and Magneto and I Are Besties days. So it was early days. Uh, Gabrielle was an Israeli Holocaust survivor, and she carried David to term secretly, as shortly after conception, Charles left for the States to form the X-Men. Legion, what a guy. Yeah, I know. Legion's, well, he did not know that she was pregnant. She did not tell him uh, because he left during the early days of pregnancy, so it was not noticeable. Legion's <laughs> mutant powers manifested when he was a victim of a terrorist attack, causing him to incinerate all of their minds and accidentally absorb the personality of the cell's leader. Legion has a case of severe dissociate uh, dissoci- dissociative uh, identity disorder and that he has near limitless amount of personalities residing in his mind. Uh, the terrorist leader, Jamal Karami, was the first to become known. Legion's powers work in that each personality holds control of a different mutant ability and that allowing that personality to manifest gives Legion that power with the risk of losing control of his host body. So ever since Karami's first manifestation, the original David really rarely makes an appearance. Um, as Karami, who could who controls the telepathy, um, 
and Jack Wayne, a swaggerous adventurer who controls telekinesis, and Cindy, a punk rock girl who has reigned over the pyrokinesis, round out Legion's three core personalities. Um, if you want a giant list of all of his personalities, you can check out his Wikipedia page. And I'm going to list off a couple of the craziest ones right now. Um, let's take a look here. We have the Delusionot, the Weaver, Tyrannix the Abominoid, Skinsmith, Susan in Sunshine, Origamist, Non-Newtonian Annie, um, Drexel, Gestalt. There's 50 of these listed. 50. Okay. I'm still disturbed by the name Skinsmith. Like, I don't, <laughs> I want to know, but I don't. Um, know. I can tell you that later. In one instance uh, where Legion goes back in time to try and kill Magnus before he becomes Magneto, Charles leaps in front and takes the fatal blow instead, triggering the Age of Apocalypse storyline, uh, which was like a month or two month long comic book event. And overall, pretty underwhelming, if you want to ask me. But anyway, that concluded when an X-Man team led by Bishop traveled to just before that moment and Bishop absorbs the blow instead, allowing Legion to see the future he would have almost created. Gabriel Holler was also there at this point in time, and the incident had her claim she suffered a maternal loss, implying that in that moment, David um, was miscarried. So David of current reality was then written out of comic books for a bit because he killed himself in the past. Something like that. Uh, He comes back later now with thousands of personalities instead of his core three, all vying for control. Um, Several are murderous psychopaths who go on killing sprees, and this causes David to absorb even more personalities because he can absorb personalities willingly through telepathy or unwillingly by having them die next to him. So if he kills a guy, he absorbs their personality. He he has absorbed the personality of every person he's murdered. Um, Let that sink in. Uh, He was given a neural switchboard-like watch made by um, Marvel your resident Marvel character geniuses, all of them, I'm sure, uh, that allowed him to dial in his personalities to use their powers much, much with much less risk of a takeover. Um, I think by the end of the Avengers versus X-Men storyline, David discovered how terrifyingly powerful he was and decided it would have been just best if he'd never existed. So I think he used his reality-altering ability, which was his original personality's power, and then wrote himself out of existence, which is again intentionally this time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 Legion, guys. That's the Legion comic book character we deserve, and we've got someone a little bit more charismatic, um, but not, no less crazy. <laughs> yeah, a little more, a little more straightforward with mm-hmm. the one we're seeing in the show here. Which begs the question: since one of his core per- personalities had pyrokinesis. Did Legion light all those dudes on fire? That was another uh, mutant, right? But we haven't figured out who that was. Another mystery that was left unsolved. Ugh, whatever. All right, let's move to music. Music for Legion is done by composer Jeff Russo. He is an American contr- composer and songwriter. Uh, he's one of two people in the rock band Tonic. And... Some of the uh, TV soundtracks he's done in the past include Fargo, 
again, reuniting with uh, Noah Hawley here, uh, American Gothic, The Night of, and Tut. Wait, hold on. Uh, if if Jim if Jim 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 Croce, is that how you say it? Cro- I I think Ta- so. Yeah. Jim, if Jim Croce joined the band Tonic, would they be known as the Jim and Tonics? Uh, Are we feeling that joke? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't handle this right now. <laughs> if I could shake time in a bottle, I'd serve up the best gin and tonic. All right, moving on. That's a different X Men movie. <laughs> uh, Legion is a show that's pretty heavy on its uh, musical influences, both in the score soundtrack area and also having some original songs and uh, covers actually uh, interspersed throughout the show. And we'll touch upon both of those, but first we'll get into the solid score area with uh, caper one. Someone's going to have to learn the don't talk while I'm playing the music rule. Did he come through on that one? Or Yeah, he definitely did. <laughs> 100%. Okay. And I'm not even going to edit it out. It's way too late for that shit. Right? Okay. Well, we're just going to keep going and fucking just whatever. Professionalism's out the goddamn window. We're on a timeline here. Whatever. Onward. Um, so, yeah, you got your standard uh, thriller music, I guess you'd say. That's one of the better examples that uh, pops up in the uh, show. Not as like, you know, a whole musical sequence, but just eh, background music, I guess. They, they, uh, love that. Lo- they love that. Sound. So much tuba youth combo, <laughs> which is great. Um, a little more prominent in the show was, I think it's the penultimate episode of the season when they're... Uh, you know, I don't even know how to describe what they're trying to do. Wake <laughs> David up, something like that. And then they're... It goes... Characters trying to warp the frozen reality. And there's like, you Notes, know... Kind of... He's manipulating the Matrix. Right. And then there's this black and white silent sequence elsewhere. And I just kind of stopped trying to make sense of it at that point. But... <laughs> Accompanying this sequence And is just started a, jerking off to it instead You know, like an American <laughs> As was intended, right? Yes <laughs> That's what prestige is all about Just jerking off to If I can't touch myself to this scene It fucking wasn't made well enough There we go <laughs> Anyway, accompanying this um, Handsy scene Was uh, 
an arrangement of Bolero by Ravel um, that starts out pretty straightforward and then gets pretty gross as it goes on. Uh, I'll leave it up to you to uh, find the point that I'm referring to. Yeah, that was that was delightful. I'd eat that right it, up. It, it was, and then you know, it, for uh, classical music purists, you know, you have a nice, you have a nice little, uh, you know, guitar intro to the uh, the piece. So it's like, oh, it's just so pleasant. And then before we even get a minute to it, and it's like, here's your gross, grimy synth sound that's gonna make it. Stupid. And then suddenly it's a mindless self-indulgence sound. I know, right? Uh, it reminded me of um, uh, the uh, feeling good music sequence with uh, Aubrey Plaza. And it's like, okay, yeah, you know, you got your regular thing and then remix. I guess that's what the show's all about, though, is the fact that you can't trust the original. That is true. It's it's putting a uh, a little bit of a demented spin on things, um, but you know. It, whereas this was a prominent uh, entry in the Legion soundtrack, uh, the next one is just kind of a pure earworm and nothing you should ever seek out on your own, unless I don't know. Maybe you want to just fall asleep or mm-hmm. go into a steady psychotic coma i don't know whatever it is choir and crickets is the track Is that how it goes on for the rest of the song? Oh, yeah. That's six and, minutes uh, of that? Yep. And people have already done like two-hour versions of it on YouTube. And my question is, why? Why would you do that? Well, no, my other question is, so that was a really cool scene, right? And then I always love scenes that involve like the main four image staying still and the back image moving around them. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, but like, it, it's like, what, what is, what is that though? Like, how does that work? Because literally, just like the Shadow King shows up, and she's Sydney's been snooping around, and she's like, "Hey, put these on," and boom, hey, listen to this. Yeah, boom, asleep. <laughs> but like, we're, we're in an altered reality. Is that something you made? What's like, like all, like all of this is cool. It's awesome, and it's very creative, but none of it makes any sort of logical sense. Are you dreaming in a dream? Yeah, I think it's just like a sort of like crickets are. If you, it's a white noise kind of hypno, like relax your mind. And if you're, if I were to take a stab at this, she's on an astral plane, relax the mind enough that she can't fight back. And if you just hear the cricket, she falls asleep. Oh, that's right, the astral plane. All right, I'll take it. Astral plane shit don't gotta make sense. Also, as you know, we've already covered that two of the three people on this podcast are incredibly sleepy. You're welcome. (laughs) I just fell asleep during that song. That was the intent. Okay, so then... And then I thought about the scene, so I started touching myself. So anyway, continue. Oh, there we go. Maybe not the intent, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, I mentioned at the start of the segment that we've done, or the show pretty prominently uses uh, uh, songs for its uh, end credit sequences. So I just thought I'd pluck one of those ones out. And the one that uh, stood out most for me was the cover of Oh You Pretty Things, originally by David Bowie, uh, done here by Lisa Hannigan. Written in pain, written in awe by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for. All the strangers came today. It looks as though they're here to stay. David Bowie and a submarine suit, people. <laughs> now, now, this begs another question about the show, because this was a much more swingy version of Oh, You Pretty Things. And what time period did this show take place in? I'm glad we got to that, because I don't know. <laughs> I have no fucking clue. What time period did you think it was okay to have square ping pong paddles? That literally makes no sense. It's such a weird alternate dimension thing going on with this show, like old cars and fashion and stuff. But then, you know, hey, machinery from 20 years from now. They're, they're, they're camera systems, right? Like, I wasn't crazy about it looks like stretched out skin, like those cameras. It's just like tarp. Um, their cameras aren't I, screens. I always felt that it was somewhere in the 70s, but I guess with like just by the the fashion but i yeah i guess with the technology that doesn't really match up well and then and then and then oliver's like is free love still a thing so it's been gone for a while then right because he's been gone in in a in a shared cinematic universe with the x-men where time isn't really (laughs) a steady factor where no one ages over a span of 30 years what is time? Who's, who's to say? Well, <laughs> if you want to go back and explain that real quick about 
um, continuity with the X-Men universe, Legion does officially not share continuity with the X-Men universe. Um, their original intention, and they had advertised, I do remember them advertising, saying that this was a TV show that was going to take place during the X-Men universe. Um, in the middle of the season, they went back on that, um, or at least someone did. I don't think Noah Hawley for, fully went back on it. I think someone who had to deal with um, legal had went back on it because I think they started, this is a guess, I think they started making season two and realizing like the ambitions they wanted and the problems they were going to have trying to introduce characters that were going to be used in probably future movies um, and mm-hmm. like just the overall headache it would be to sort of say that this is all the same universe um, and the restrictions that would be put upon them in that case that they released an official statement saying, okay, yeah, we're out of that deal. Um, but no, it's like acting as if they're still, they're still in it. They have enough issue trying to keep continuity straight in the movies in and of itself. So I'm not surprised that the TV show is just like, just don't even try. Cause it's just, Completely separate. I think I think because <laughs> Noah Holly wants to use either McAvoy or Stewart in season two. He wants to bring them in. He has said that because he wants to like show Professor Xavier in season two. And so like I don't know what they're gonna do. It's it's a it's the whole thing's ambitious. So like I said, we'll let them figure that shit out, and I'll just keep enjoying the ride no matter where it turns. So good. Yes. Any more music, Skyler? Nope. Okay. So, speaking of turns, let's talk about turning your mind and... Ah, fuck. I'm terrible with transitions. I just... I had something... It's midnight. You're, you're midnight, bitch. All right. Um, Connor, you have a segment, don't you? Yeah. Speaking about breaks in topics, let's talk about breaks in personalities and breaks of the mind in the science section. And I'm just going to preference this saying that I took one psychology class in college and I got a B in it. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I took a stab <laughs> I'm, on I'm, that note. I'm the next <laughs> B best thing. <laughs> About as qualified as Dr. Phil. Let's go. Uh, in the show, David Haller <laughs> is diagnosed with schizophrenia at a young age. To the outside world, he is perceiving and hearing and seeing stuff that other third parties do not so schizophrenia is i believe it's latin meaning split mind but it's more accurately uh diagnosed or described as a split from reality uh it's not a split personality it's meaning that you're kind of perceiving stuff that's not actually existing yeah personalities are way different and we'll get into that (laughs) uh Schizophrenia is a psychological disorder that usually surfaces in men in their mid to late 20s and women in their late 20s. Uh, it's more often than not uh, men that experience this and uh, other rather than females. It's uh, usually a gradual uh, procession, uh, but it can be triggered by a uh, very heavy stress or trauma that the person experiences. Having said that, you can't you can't develop schizophrenia just by experiencing something traumatic. You have to be genetically predisposed to having the disorder and then have that triggered only about three. So it's a mutant X gene. 
<laughs> Mutants exist, except they're crazy. Which <laughs> <laughs> is not nearly as cool. Only about 03 to 0.7% of the population show symptoms of schizophrenia, even though it is believed that more than that actually have schizophrenia. They just don't show symptoms. Uh, it's more likely than not uh, showing in people that are on the uh, lower poverty spectrum of the income scale due to the high levels of stress that uh, having low income, no job mm-hmm. kind of put on the body, the day-to-day stress. So if you're more likely to have day-to-day stress and you're predisposed to schizophrenia, you're more likely to get schizophrenia. I suppose. Rich people are so, like, is that a blue, is that a bird I see? Or is that a penguin I see? Who gives a fuck? I'm rich. I'll go throw money at it. It goes away. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there are several symptoms of, or several different kinds of symptoms of schizophrenia. Three, uh, one negative symptoms, which uh, cause a reduction in normal behavior. Uh, the most predominant one being depression. So a person person is really sad, stays inside. They uh, kind of withdraw from society. Uh, another kind of symptom is a positive symptom, meaning not meaning that it's a good symptom. It instead it adds to what is perceived at a uh, perceived as a normal behavior. So uh, more than more likely than not a uh, uh, psychological or physiological change. Uh, that includes disorganized thinking, kind of word salad, just saying stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, the emotions that people uh, kind of express do not reflect what the person should be currently feeling. Uh, so if they're having a tough day and they're just laughing all the time, that doesn't make any sense. Or if they're <laughs> crying when they shouldn't be, stuff like that. Uh, you also have disturbed perceptions, including uh, auditory and visual hallucinations. Uh, seeing and hearing stuff that's not there. So kind of in the show, that's where the Shadow King comes in to play because he's kind of messing with his mind, talking to Lenny, who's not there. So people see him just talking to a person that doesn't exist. You'd think he's a schizophrenic, but he's actually not. Uh, And then also another positive symptom is delusions, Uh, seeing stuff that's not, or believing stuff that's not based in reality, including uh, delusions of grandeur, which kind of in the show... He spends his entire life thinking he's schizophrenic, and then he's like, hey, actually, you're not a schizo. You're a super powerful powerful mutant that can control anything with your mind. So that kind of a weird twist on that. (laughs) Uh, And then paranoia, thinking that people are out to get you. And in the show, they have an entire secret military force that's actually trying to get him. The John Nash symptom. Exactly. (laughs) They kind of uh, play with those uh, using the uh, unreliable narrator aspect of the show, saying, kind of making the the viewer guess, like, is there act, is this actually happening, or is this just another uh, delusion that he's kind of experiencing? But, yeah, I know. Like by episode six, all the characters have started to figure out that they just need to ask themselves, "Wait, is this real?" Like Am they, I real? everybody keeps asking that. Like by episode six, they just say it all the time. Is this real? <laughs> and it seemed like there was a moment where they were almost getting ready to set up. It's like, oh, hey, everyone in the show is an illusion. It's not real. It's just David by himself. And I don't know how I would have taken that, but 
That would that would have lost gypped me. You know, it's kind of like it's it was all a dream bullshit. Yeah, that would be not as fun. Yeah. And so, yeah, getting back to the the symptoms, there's only one last symptom, uh, cognitive symptoms, uh, basically just loss of memory, unable to remember things. Um, Mm -hmm. It's believed that schizophrenia is caused by uh, genetic brain abnormalities, uh, thought to possibly be caused by the patient having extra uh, dopamine receptors in the brain, the pleasure slash reward centers. Uh, so the brain is constantly firing uh, to appease those receptors and the person doesn't really know what's going on because they're just kind of lost in the euphoria. Uh, in order to kind of counteract that, sometimes people with schizophrenia are uh, di- or they're prescribed some kind of antipsychotics that block dopamine receptors. That sometimes works. Uh, the auditory and uh, visual hallucinations uh, can be caused by abnormalities in the thalamus, which uh, filters and distributes outside signatory or sensory signals. And paranoia is caused by uh, an over-processing uh, amygdala, which processes fear. So, what, again, at the end, of, so what you're saying is he's not he's not schizophrenic. <laughs> at the end of the day, he's not a schizo because all of these are not attributed to problems in his brain. They're attributed to a psychological parasite that has been kind of messing with him since he was a child. A fictional psionic entity gave him <laughs> schizophrenia. We're way past genetics at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's common. I remember when I got that. <laughs> Round of antibiotics clears it out. Whatever. Didn't you get the mind parasite? <laughs> <laughs> I got the vaccine for it's, it. Oh, it's like chicken pox. You get it there once, and then like you don't get it ever again. But if you get it in your later years, you're fucked. Uh, yeah. You just can't get rid of that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, if he didn't have the Shadow King living inside his mind for his entire life, probably wouldn't have developed what people uh, perceived as schizophrenia. Uh, in the comics, as you said, he has dissociative identity disorder, which is better known as multiple personality disorder. Uh, Schizophrenia is a uh, psychological disorder. Dissociative identity disorder is a developmental disorder, meaning schizophrenia you're kind of born with, split personality you develop. Whoa, really? You can develop split personalities? How? (laughs) For the most part, it's caused by severe trauma, although there's no – it's a very – misunderstood and no one really knows a lot about it uh but the kind of whatever definition that i was able to find uh was the person the patient has at least two or more distinct personalities uh that have impaired recollection between the two identities so if you live your day-to-day life and from four o'clock to six o'clock in the afternoon you every day you have no idea what's going on oh well that's and, just me like, getting fucking taking eight shots of whiskey like drunk <laughs> me's got to get ready for the day but it has oh, nothing it, it's it's caused by having two personalities not a, a company with memory losses not caused by drugs alcohol meds or other medical conditions oh. such as seizures so if you have multiple days where you're losing hours on end and you decide to talk to your friend and like hey you know 
I think something's going on. Like, I don't know what's happening during these points of time. And like, what are you talking about? Like, that's the time that you decide to go to your other job or something. And you, you're, you're doing very different, different stuff, uh, personality traits. You're either mean or you have other stuff going on. You might have a different personality, a split personality. I know. Like every time I touch my dick, I just black out. <laughs> just black out. Uh, so, oh, yeah, how many dick jokes could I fit into one episode? <laughs> Let's find out tonight. I'm drinking up right now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Prestige show, prestige podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Moving forward. (laughs) Anyways, so yeah, the the different personalities do not recall or remember what happens when the other uh, personalities are what they call hosting the body. Uh, the reason why I said that there's really not a lot of known about it is because it's very hard to diagnose this actual disorder because it relies heavily on self-reporting and the fact that there's no real agreed upon definition of what's going on. Uh, for the most part with the self-reporting, you have uh, people that may have the disorder or they might just be lying for like usually you see this in uh legal cases where they're like oh you know i i blacked out i have a, i have no idea what's going on they claim insanity and this is kind of like what they're aiming for usually doesn't work because mm-hmm. it's very hard to prove that it actually happens um lost my plot so give me two seconds basically uh, you just need to watch the uh, m night Shyamalan movie split because that's a factual very- Split is a very good example of uh, split personality disorder until the last 20 minutes. When it oh, you mean bananas. when he <laughs> just kind of takes a shotgun blast and it's like, oh, I've altered my body chemistry. So it only like scratched me. Oh, spoilers. Spoilers. Hey, we warned you in the beginning that there were going to be spoilers in this movie, in this just, podcast. Just not Maybe for this. not about this show. No, don't you remember that episode in Legion where they described the end of Split? <laughs> <laughs> You don't know what it took place. Very well could have took place now. Um, So, yeah, because they don't really know uh, what causes it, or they don't have a definition, they can't really agree on what causes it. It's usually uh, believed to be some kind of traumatic or heavy stress uh, factor that the body or mind kind of uses a break in identity. They black out to as a kind of coping mechanism to forget some kind of trauma. Uh, And it can also be caused uh, kind of induced in therapy as a way to recover memories. Okay. But now I have a question. Most of the time it's just like you develop one to shield from the other. Right now. Are there people out there with like 18 multiple personalities? I remember reading that there was one case where, a girl, like it, it was basically, this was a very unheard of disease. And there was a, there was some woman that was said to have developed like 16 different personalities. And there was a book I think called like Sybil or something that was written about her. And then it came out that she didn't actually have the disorder. It was just the psychology or the psycho, uh, psychological doctor. I can't remember psychologist that's the word <laughs> uh, exploiting her patient 
and basically lying about it, saying that no, she acted like she made up the entire thing. Uh, <laughs> there are, again, it's very hard to prove whether or not it's actually a person, but tests have shown that likely there is, it's possible to have different splits in identity, but having several is very rare. It's usually like one or like one, maybe two having 15, very rare having a thousand. No, that's not. a thing. <laughs> um, so kind of going on that therapy thing, uh, it's might be induced by a, a therapist trying to dig into a uh, patient's past to recover. Uh, they might say like, Oh, well maybe you're, you're just kind of blocking some past trauma. You might be like blocking it away and they might plant false memories false memory syndrome uh, to make them think that they had some trauma, usually some kind of uh, childhood physical or sexual abuse is what you, you hear about that with. Um, but because of the whole therapy thing and people lying about having it, no one really knows like how accurate it is, even though that there are some case studies that show that it probably does somewhat exist. Okay. So say I have they don't know how to, yeah. DID. All right, I'm just living my day-to-day, and I'm like, yeah, I probably should see a therapist. I probably got some shit fucked up. But you know what? I'm feeling, I'm feeling okay. You know, like, I've, I've been doing this for a long time. Why? You should see a therapist. Oh. <laughs> long story short, if, if you're fine, you're fine. But if you think that you have something wrong, you should talk to somebody about it. Even if it's not a therapist, you should talk to somebody and be like, hey – I think I'm losing time. What was I doing between these hours and these hours? Because it is believed that if it's left untreated, you will most likely self-harm or try and kill yourself because you'll realize that you're losing control of your mind and people kind of freak out when they realize that their mind themselves is betraying them. So <laughs> when, you, when you're losing your sense of identity, <laughs> you freak out? <laughs> <laughs> PSA, talk to people if you think you have a problem. Don't be afraid. (laughs) But I mean, I don't know. I don't know anybody with dissociative identity disorder. I know. Again, it's the the numbers aren't really there, but it is thought to believe that the numbers I'm seeing, this doesn't make sense to me because it said that schizophrenia is like 0.3 to point, like less than 1%. And then it says that dissociative identity disorder which is supposed to be rarer is one to three percent of the general population. Well, it's not. It's not. It's how is it rare if it's developed? Like you can I, pinpoint genetics. I, I guess, yeah, I guess it's 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 complete. There. I mean, that's every article I was reading. Like they are two separate, different disorders. So like you can't compare the two. At the end of the day, yeah, uh, schizophrenia is genetic. Dissociative disorder is developed. Okay. And it's three three to nine times more like. Uh, DID is three to nine times more likely in females and males. So you're a male is more, we are more likely to be schizophrenic than a, uh, a female. And then a female is more likely to have multiple personality disorders than a male. Well, let's dispel one last myth. Uh, identity disorder is not the same as bipolar. Correct. Bipolar is bipolar, mood swings. Bipolar is mood swings. You go from uh, different, uh, uh, you have mania, either like crazy, like crazy happy or like kind of just insane to very uh, low depression where 
Uh, DID is more of just kind of losing periods of time. There you go. Oh, so like uh, working in retail. <laughs> I developed my retail yes. persona, Chad, who handles people. <laughs> oh, and he handles them hard. <laughs> that is. Uh... <laughs> that could be another dick joke. I was I gonna know. say. <laughs> I was trying to. I was trying to wrap that one back, but I didn't have enough time. <sighs> There's never enough time. We just didn't have enough time, Michael. We didn't have enough time. <laughs> All right, that's. I think we've 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 satisfying the listener. We are good. We we have we have definitely went past the red line. Hour right now, so yeah, we've broken his mind, Michael. We've broken their minds. Are you Don Corleone right now? Who the fuck are you? What is what is that? All right, uh, that'll wrap it up today, super fans. Super Movie Studies is a recorded and a produced a production. Oh, was that me? Not bad. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> it's the blue. Uh, the iTunes. Uh, you can find us on iTunes. There are other medias. I know that I use CastBox, depending on the type of platform you use. Just listen to us. Or I think we're available on most of them. Uh, you should rate us on everything because we want to get listeners. Uh, don't don't use those four stars. Don't use those three. Just hit that five. Just smash that five. <laughs> Tell us how much you love us and because that makes us higher rating and more people can hear us. You can have a great experience listening to this podcast. That's right. We're going to, you know, we self-masturbate when it comes to loving ourselves. And, you know, that's what yeah. we can all hope for. That's a healthy way of self-masturbation. <laughs> Tell your kids. We'll have these episodes. Uh, I think at this point it'll be every first Monday of the month because Michael will be in the Far East wow. developing young minds. Yeah. So yeah, rate, subscribe, so, enjoy. And speaking of, I'll leave that one to leave that one on its own. We're also on the Twitter at Super M Studies. Um, this week, Twitter question of the week: Legion-based dick jokes. Let's just <laughs> let's let's not abandon this. Let's see how many um, how many personalities do you do you do you think people with dissociative uh, identity disorder um, like like does one personality jerk off with the left hand and the other one the right hand um what if you're like both personalities are present at the same time so but like one of them doesn't have control of the body so it feels like he's getting jerked off by the other personality uh <laughs> or if you're just disgusted by this whole thing <laughs> tell us which x-men character you want to see in the next season sure. how about that <laughs> sure 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 um no but back to the whole jerking myself off as a different identity thing so i oh my God. <laughs> like that's the ultimate <laughs> cuckold all right <laughs> I will not let this go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll do it today. How do we get to this point? <laughs> um, as a day, I'm Michael. Skyler. Connor. Good- Super weak. <laughs> Goodbye. Love you all. Good you know night. what? Kids, don't touch yourselves. That's a PSA. Don't touch yourselves, kids. Well, Don't touch yourselves. Well, we've got fucking Marlon Brando here to say that, I guess. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Goodbye, bye. Goodbye, children. Goodbye.
foot off saying he would take the wrong key. So they rode on his head and left.